Welcome to the Playing the Game podcast with your hosts, Brock White and Cody Ransom. This podcast is the place for all things baseball, hunting, and entrepreneurship. These two guys have put in the work and have the stories and advice to back it up. Brock is a longtime business owner, and Cody played pro ball for over 18 years. Driven deep to left field. There it goes. See ya. A long home run for Cody Ransom. The one thing that brings these two guys together is hunting. Babe Ruth said it best. Never allow the fear of striking out to keep you from playing the game. This is the Playing the Game podcast, presented by Rolly White RV. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Uh, Cody Ransom here, along with... Brock White. What's going on? Um, welcome to Playing the Game. Uh, we're here today with uh, the buddy of mine, uh, Mike Schneider. What's going on? What's going on? How are you? Good, man. Just... Uh Waking up. That's right. Nice little little Sunday morning. Uh, Mike uh, Mike's in town with his son playing uh, some baseball with our group and jumped him on here. He's a little hesitant about getting on. It's going to be a good one. Uh, I'm excited right. about it. I, the more I talk to you, the more and more I think I think you're like the uh, what what's a beer commercial? The world's oh. most interesting man. <laughs> oh yeah, Dosakis. <laughs> guy. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's uh, it's funny. So. I don't normally do podcasts, but when I do, I do it with Cody Ransom. <laughs> do it with a Starbucks uh, Christmas coffee yeah, in front of cute. me. And that's cute. Yeah. It's filled. It's not filled with Starbucks, though. It's, it's just the cup. It's just for looks. That's right. Yeah. So what's going on? Oh, man, just out here waking up, driving driving over here for this, thinking I should probably move to Arizona. The sun's coming up. It's well, I think it's not, you're, it's I think not you're too right. warm. Well, you it's should be a snowbird. Guys, yeah. A snowbird. I probably need a snowbird, but. Yes. Yeah. Uh, winter here summer there oh man that's i was i literally asked my wife last night i said if you could live six months here and six months back home would you do it and she's like yes she would she would do it i think she's getting there so i gotta figure it out cody and i talk about it every now and again i'm like man i need to get out here just gotta figure homeschool the kids you know the baseball teams down here Mm -hmm. just makes sense his girls play soccer and they like at a a really good school and, and they're uh back in uh American Fork. American Fork. I'm sure somebody would watch them for you. Well, they're home right now alone. They're back home right now. We left them home alone, and I don't want to know what's going on. We took the car keys. How old are they? 13, 14. Oh, yeah. There's something going on. There's something going on. (laughs) There's an Uber. Yeah, the good thing about it is I've lived in my neighborhood for about 15 years, and I sent out some text messages on Friday, and I said, hey, keep keep an eye on that. FYI, here's what's going on. My neighbor Rick, he's like, he's like, grandpa now because my dad died about three years ago so and him and my dad were friends and so when my dad oh. passed away uh rick kind of stepped into that my dad role yes. like he's out, he fixing the spring he <laughs> i look out in my backyard and he's out fixing sprinklers for me i'm like <laughs> who's at the house can rick come down to my house i was, I was gonna like, say i got a couple <laughs> rick's the best so he's I, I texted him on friday morning i said hey just peek your head over the fence every now and again and see if you can hear anything. oh he's probably like wilson from uh no, Tool time. Remember that show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tool yeah. <laughs> time. Everybody uh, needs a Rick. Oh, yeah, no doubt. He's the best. Shovel, he, uh, he's he got a four-wheeler with a blade on the front. Oh, and plaza. You know, yep, and he loves it. Somebody, I looked out Thursday morning. We got about a foot of snow on Thursday, and I look out, walked out front, and, so, and he's getting older. and He's not that old, but he, and he's perfectly fine. 
and I see this younger guy in the neighborhood snow plowing his walks, and I go, dude, don't do that for Rick, because he actually enjoys doing this, and he looks at me like, what? Like, really? I'm trying to be nice right now. <laughs> yeah. like, don't do that. Like, appreciate it, but yeah. you're taking Rick's glory for it. Hey, hey, know your role. Yeah, Get out that's of here. basically what I said to him. Melissa <laughs> goes, oh, man, you're a jerk. I'm like, no, Rick will walk. Look, and plus, not he'll, Rick will come out and say, you did it wrong. Yes, that's <laughs> you why you I don't mean? do it. Yeah, that's you don't why, want to be chastised. Well, that's why I never helped my Definitely dad load don't. a trailer. Like, I, growing up, we'd be loading the trailer, and I'd yes. be trying to bust my butt trying to load the trailer. And you'd yell at me, that's the wrong way. And I'm like, hell with this. And load your own trailer. <laughs> yeah, load your own trailer. Yeah. It's I'd, on walk you. Back, I'd walk back inside. My mom's like, wait, what, are you not helping dad? I'm like, no. I have you a, go I'm over it. Uh-huh. I have a brother that when you load like quads on a trailer, he, he would, um, you would strap it all down and he would come back through, undo everything oh, and yeah. restrap it. That's but he mom. would wait for you to strap it just so he could undo it and show you that you were wrong. <laughs> Instead of being like, hey. Don't do it like that. Do it like this. That's my dad. Even if you did it right, he and, would tell you you were wrong. And he'd act so put out over it. He's just like, oh, yeah. you're such oh, yeah. a... Back the, he'd back the four-wheelers back out the trailer. And I'm like, I just loaded the four-wheelers in the trailer. <laughs> he'd back them all off again and pull them back on. And they looked the same. I'm like, that's how I did it. Well, no. It's not no, the same. It's not. it's not even close. It's like because it three-quarters of an inch this way. Yeah, you got to bump the you got to bump the tire right here against a railing. And you didn't bump it. You bumped it right here. Yeah, what yeah, the heck? I know. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know why you even tried. Nope. I gave up. I, I finally gave up. I'd say, hey, let me know when you need some help. If you need help, I'm here. So the wife almost, <laughs> never come out. <laughs> I almost got that. I was taking pictures for the wife, and she, you know, did that same thing. Mm-hmm. Just grill, she grills me on every picture. I'm like, you know what? I quit. Go hire somebody. I'm done. She a pro. Yeah, I'm like, I'm done. You're no, right. no, no. It's not. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. Like you can go pay somebody to do this now. I know Michael go do it. Yeah. Oh man, don't put. No, me no, 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 no. You don't want that. She just likes good pictures. Oh, she's like social media stuff and all. No, that. No, like this was like some family pics. Oh, okay. But the thing is, she tells me after it's too late. Yeah. Like we can't fix it anymore. <laughs> like a month later. Yeah. Like, How'd you like the pics? I hate them. Oh man. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh, what's wrong? <laughs> oh well. You know, the lighting's off, this is off, that. I'm like, okay. We could have fixed it when we were there. You could have just looked at it. Right. But anyways. Well, that sounds like my, <laughs> that sounds. Familiar. Does that sound like a wife? Yeah, well, my mom, my mom, every year, every I'm couple. I'm going to say no. Cause I better say no, too. I want to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, the wife's job is to humble their husband. No matter oh. what level you think you rose to, they'll let you know you didn't. Yeah. That's how. My wife just. Likes to humble me, and she'll come on the air and tell me that. Like, yeah, yeah I can't wait for them to come on. Oh, We're still waiting. Yeah, I'm scared, see, I man. That. I want to see you two and the bosses. The, yeah. They're gonna come up. They're gonna sit right there on the other side. Well, they'll probably sit here in this chair because it's oh. comfortable. Yes, and then we'll sit on the other side, and then uh, we'll get yeah. grilled. They'll just run the show. It's good. Yeah, they'll. I like getting grilled. It's fun. They'll probably put out a checklist and a to do list right here. Oh, the there, Cody saw there will be. It's the wife, she she critiques me on the podcast. She? She's like, there's rabbit holes. Stay away from them. Yeah, we go down rabbit holes oh, often. Yeah. We're down one right now a yeah. little bit. Yeah, you go down. But it's uh, okay. guess we need it. Really? Let's see here. So uh-huh. American Fork, where is, is that south, north of Provo? Yeah, so American Fork is north of Provo, like 15 minutes. Okay, so yeah. in between Salt Lake, yep. Provo. Yep. So we're right there in Happy Valley. Yeah. We're right there in Happy Valley. Sheltered. Living in the bubble. 
Um, that's we, definitely a bubble. They got, they got a whole bunch of ski areas around them. Oh, yeah, dude. Definitely. Yeah. Like Brighton. Lot, lots of mountain biking. Yeah, We live, I mean, honestly, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd move down here in a second. Um, but, yeah, we're, I, I'm not complaining. We live in a great spot. We got big mountains out of their back. I mean, I live right at the mouth of American Fork Canyon. There's <clears throat> world-class mountain biking, climbing, and everything up, you know, literally two minutes from my, my door. Um, so I'm not complaining. But, uh, but, yeah, we live there. We live, you know, 30 minutes from Alta and Snowbird Ski Resort, 45 minutes from Park City. So it's a good spot. We love it. I love, I mean, my thing, I love summer and fall up there and then get me down here. But, yeah, we live up there. Um, got, you know, I got three kids, 12, 13, 14, 12-year-olds playing baseball. He's down here, plays with Cody and Rika, and then my girls are 13, 14, and they're soccer girls, and they love soccer. Um, so my kids are, you know, baseball kid, two soccer kids, and then all three of them love, I mean, they we ski all the time. We ski it up, up at Alta a lot. And Alta's beautiful, yeah, man. It's yeah. awesome. It's such a sweet spot. So we ski up there all the time, and, and I try to, you know, my thing with, what we were just talking about earlier with Cody and kids and sports and stuff is we try hard to kind of pound into them, say, hey, this is something you do. It's not who you are. Um, you know, so I'm like, hey, when you're sick of playing baseball, dude, let's go ski for a few days. Like, it doesn't matter. You know yeah. what I mean? You're 11 or 12 or whatever. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to do when you're so passionate about it. And um, so that's one thing we've been trying to do with the kids is, is just kind of reinforce that into their way of thinking like hey you're gonna get out there you're gonna work hard because our kids work their butts off and uh, for their for their game I mean my girls are working so hard for soccer and Tosh works hard behind the scenes but at the end of the day you know it doesn't matter if you're you know like they say it comes to an end like Cody you know I mean every he'll tell you as a major league baseball player it baseball ends one day whether you're 10 or whether you're 40 Mm -hmm. it ends and so you know you got to find ways to find happiness and and outside of that and stuff, and, and it's not, you know, it's not who you are, like I said, and it's not your full identity. So yeah. we're trying hard to pound that into the kids right now as they're younger. Hey, if you quit playing soccer next week, guess what? You know, you're talented at a lot of things, but you're going to do something. That's what my wife and I say. You're not going to, you're, you're going to do something. You're not sitting at the house. Yep. You're not um, going to sit there. You're going to do something. On the PlayStation? Oh, no, hell, heck no. Yeah. So, yeah. We're trying hard nowadays. Okay. It's it's hard. <laughs> uh, it's hard to do though. You know, you see these. You know, the kids are. It's a different world. It's different. So, how, where did you? Did you go to college? I like, did. How did your career start for you? Well, I guess I shouldn't. <laughs> say, I guess I <laughs> what should. Career is this? Yeah, yeah like <laughs> I, that's probably yeah. It's I because I, you're a rep. I do it. Yeah, I do. A how lot did you of get things. in the repping world? Well, it's like, like so. That's I, a tough. Mike I and I kind of met like through. Uh, stance, so stance socks or stance—that's what everybody knows them by. But they have other things. So yeah. The company stance, right? Uh, we uh, our our program wears stance, and through Major League Baseball, obviously we have stance. But um, so we were buying a whole bunch of stance stuff for the for the kids, and uh, I think we tagged them in a post on Instagram, and yeah. and Mike Mike replied um, as the stance baseball team. Um, like hey man if, if you guys want to keep doing this like let me know we'll give you a promo code and like you know get you guys kind of as a i don't know preferred partner or yeah. whatever you want to call it yeah. yeah and um so started talking like that and we started ordering a, a bunch of socks and um we started talking a little more i saw his son and he's like hey we got to get him out there to play some games or whatever and 
Um, Tosh, I think, finally ended up coming out this year. Yeah. Right? Or at the end of life, whatever. Yeah, this year. So, yeah, over the summer. And, um, you know, we, we started talking more. And then Mike and uh, our coach, you know, Rika, one of our coaches, um, started talking. So Rika coaches Tosh's age group. So they started coming out here. And then um, when you and I were at the uh, attack yep. <clears throat> up there, he came up and, and that's where you guys met and talked a little bit. And and they've come out, what, four or five times yeah, now to yeah. play, right? Yeah, really? Every, yeah. About every two weeks. It feels yeah. Like. And they were out a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Tosh came out and trained for like a week out here you know, That's cool. with us. And when he talks about it, he works hard behind the scenes. Like He does. Yeah, and he loves it. Like, he won't stop. It's kind of it's kind of cool to see uh, his passion for what he does, and, and uh, I, I can back that up. And then, yeah, you know, you, you also do Black Diamond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, climbing and outdoor stuff and, and all that skiing, whatever. So are you um, still a stance rep? Yeah. Yeah. The thing about stance is it's pretty minimal. It's like, you know, we got a, a busy time where I'm out hustling, you know, before baseball season, like the official baseball season starts. And this year it was tough too, cause you know, everything was shut down around the country, but, um, that's kind of like a, that's, you know, that's a, a side hustle thing for sure. Yeah. My, you know, my, I put hundred percent of my time into black diamond right now and, um, I do a lot of things for them. I handle snow. I mean, I am a sales rep for Black Diamond, but I also help out with all their content creation for snow. I get involved in product development, uh, product rollouts, like building stories and messages <coughs> around new product launches and yeah. kind of a, the whole gamut for their snow category, which is, um, you know, skis, poles, avalanche equipment, gloves, outerwear, all the snow stuff. So I'm kind of a Swiss army knife for Black Diamond in their snow yeah. category. They're primarily a climb business. They're a public company. Um, you know, the big. they're, they're, they're a big, good-sized company, but compared to like a North Face or a Patagonia, we're the small ones, but it is definitely like Patagonia, North Face, Black Diamond. Yeah. And the difference that uh, Black Diamond is between Patagonia and North Face is we're an equipment company. We make a lot of equipment, right? We make a lot of like hard goods. Yeah. Climbing equipment mm-hmm. where Patagonia North Face is mostly apparel and you can, you know, it's, we're just, it's different, you know, we're different and, you know, you can walk into a Dick Sporting Goods and find a Patagonia jacket nowadays, mm-hmm. right? We're Black Diamond, we, you won't. Yeah. You say that, but like, I've got some Black Diamond pants and uh, yeah. tops and stuff and they're like, I love them. Oh, they're, they're incredible. I've, you I've, know what, they're real yeah. similar to like the Sitka pants. Yeah. Uh, with the like. Oh. Length and the stretch and like yes. the, um, and the tops are real similar too. Um, to like That's the cool. what is it, the ascent? Yeah, uh, so they're, they're real similar, uh, for me as far as that goes. Without yeah. the without the patterns, you yeah. know, they're more of a like yeah. a blacks and grays. Well, that's good. You, that has a role. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's uh they make a good product. Our clothing, our our apparel team is pretty amazing. We got we've we've recruited some amazing talent from other brands and. Um, they're doing amazing things, but we got, we got a bunch of engineers on the, on the black diamond team that are, they kind of overdevelop, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah. it's, they love that stuff. So, but it's good. That's cool. It's good. So yeah, I do that. And then, um, like Cody said during spring training months, obviously not in 2020, but during spring training months, I'll come out to Arizona and shoot photos for the San Francisco giants and, uh, so live, how live did, across how the street did, in a hotel room for a month. And how shoot. did you, how do you shoot photos for the Giants. Yeah, so that's that's kind of um, it, it was a, it was really funny how it happened. So before I was at BD, um, I was a creative director for Sundance, 
um, back home. Like the ski company? Yeah, the, or the, the resort. resort. And, yeah, yeah so the first of Robert Redford's, yeah. Robert Redford's family. Um, so I was a creative director for that for their family for, um, gosh, maybe three years. Yeah. And got to know some amazing people. And there was a family that, um, they, they're from San Diego originally, but they have a house in, in Sundance. And yeah. their ski family, and we got we became friends. And um, <clears throat> Tosh, my son, that's out playing for Rika and Cody out here. When he was a little tiny kid, he was like seven, but he played for the Giants, little league. I'm talking yeah. like you know, little. He was, he yeah, was right. in the Giants. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, my buddy Kevin and Jackie Freiberg, um, that lived up there, they they knew that, and he always mm-hmm. had his Giants hat on. And he goes, "Hey, you, you got to get you got to bring Tosh up to." Sundance tomorrow. Uh, Bruce Bochy's staying at our house. They're oh. longtime friends with Boach. And so they've been friends forever. They wrote a book together. The Freibergs wrote a book for Bochy like a year or two ago. Did you ever see that, Cody? Did you ever see the book that he wrote? I know he came out with one. I didn't, it, I didn't read so it. Anything, that's but. the people I'm talking about okay. that wrote the book. And I'll have to get you a copy. It's pretty neat. But anyway, Kevin and Jackie Freiberg said, you got to bring Tosh up here tomorrow. Boach is here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I got to bring Boach up. I got to bring Tosh up. He'll freak out. So anyway, we brought, I brought Tosh up and they went out and Boach, you know, Boach can't hardly walk, and uh, but he loves to go skiing. He loves it. He can ski for about an hour and then he's done. Mm-hmm. And it hurts him so bad. But um, anyway, we, uh, you know, he came up and met Tosh, talked to him for like half an hour, just you know, spent some time, and I got to know him a little bit. And um, Kevin Freiberg was like, "You can, you need to have Mike shoot photos for the Giants." And he goes, "I don't even know how to what where where I would even." Who would I would even talk to about that? I'm, mm-hmm. you know, he's the manager, manager of the team, not the marketing guy. So anyway, he made a comment. He's like, when I get back to the Bay Area, I'll, I'll do some digging. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He's like laughing inside. I'm like, yeah, that'll be the last time we hear about that. <laughs> a week later, I get a phone call from, from a gal in the main office. And she's like, who, who are you? And I'm like, who's this? And she goes, well, I'm so-and-so. I'm, you know, I'm the director of marketing for the San Francisco Giants. And I'm like, oh, Boach must have made a phone call or two, you know, I was yeah. laughing and I'm like, this is who I am and what I do. And she goes, well, can you be in Scottsdale on February 28th? And I'm like, yeah. And she she goes, how long can you stay? And I'm like, well, I have a job, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I, but I'll take a week off and come shoot photos. That'll be awesome. Took a week off and um, went out and shot photos and had the time of my life and then came home for two days and they should call me back and said, can you come back? And so I came back and talked to Sundance and said, Hey, this is kind of like a really cool opportunity for me. I'm, this is, I'm pumped on this. Do you care if I go back? I'll work. I'll do all my work, Yeah. but I'm going to go yeah. do this for whatever. So it was like, what, maybe four years straight of that. Really? Yeah. It was awesome. And then obviously 2020, you know, nothing happened in 2020, but, mm-hmm. uh, but that's how it happened. Boach kind of pulled, pulled some strings. Nice. And, that's cool. Uh, it's all about who you know. Yeah. Boach is, he, he's a legend, man. Um, did you get to know Bruce? No, I wasn't. Well, I, I know him. Yeah, you know, playing against him, but for, no, I never yeah. played for him. No, yeah. no, I was I was yeah. early, early years Giants. Dusty Baker, Dusty Baker, and Felipe Alou were my managers oh, in San right. Francisco. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, and they've had some good managers over there. Yeah, yeah. Roger Craig, Dusty. Yeah, yeah, like they've they historically they have some really, really do some guys that stick there for a while too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they need to go. They need to go get the minor league system going though, <laughs> or something. Um, it's not my. It's not my problem. It's not my team. <laughs> not your team. <laughs> but anyway, that's how that happened. Yeah, so that's cool. Happened. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. But it's you know maybe maybe next maybe next maybe next spring we'll get some work in. I don't know. Maybe not. But 
it's kind of led to other things. Did you know? I did some stuff uh, on a lower level for the Angels. Um, all their Latin kids coming up. Um, got a got an opportunity to go shoot with them for a bit. Shot all the young kids coming up from the Dominican and Venezuela, and and uh, gathered content for them. Um, and that was awesome. I actually enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed shooting the big league guys because those kids are just. They're awesome kids. I mean, like, like Cody knows. They're just yeah. much. How old those kids? 17, 18? Yeah, well, I mean, they I can mean, sign at sixteen. So yeah, just they depends can on where sign you're at. at sixteen. Yeah, well, you can sign at like fifteen and a half, but you can't officially sign until you're sixteen, and then you can go to the academy at fifteen and a half. You can go to the tricky league down there. It's called the tricky league. That's what we call it, tricky league. And so they go play for you know six months until they are able to go to the academy at sixteen. What's the academy? Uh, like the baseball academies they have down oh. in the Dominican. So do you sign – the D-backs will sign them at 16? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Crazy yep. thought. I mean, we, had a, we had two kids up here during the summer that were like 17-year-olds that are so good, man. And you look at them and you compare them to these high school kids that we coach here that we think are good and then yeah. – Super like, poyo. Like, dude, this kid is like unfair. younger than you. And his ceiling is yeah. like through the roof. Yeah. And this kid's maxed out. We're all about him here. Like, oh, he's a stud. Yeah. No, he's not. He's yeah. not. Isn't that crazy? Well, that's what like I try and you know tell all the kids, and and that's why we try and expose our kids here to stuff nationally at least. Yeah. Because you can be you know a big fish in a small pond here easy. Arizona's good. Yeah. California's better. Texas is better. Like they just have at younger ages, right? And I don't want to say that because Arizona's got a lot of talent. Um, but population-wise, like, you yeah, just have more. more. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you just stay here and just play the stuff here, you, like, you think you're pretty good. And then you go play nationally and you get humbled yeah. a little bit. And it's like, wow, yeah. I kind of need to step my game up. Or I need to do something else. Yeah. And yeah. If you, if you want to be that guy. And so we're we actually have uh we actually have like a couple of trips that we're setting up to the Dominican with our high school age kids and mm. we have another opportunity to possibly go to Japan um with some kids and and kind of show them where they're at in and the world. Yeah. It, once all this stuff chills out cleans up and we're yeah. able to travel it's good. Timing's <laughs> probably going to be great cuz it's probably going to be like our kids that yeah. are going to get to do yeah, it, sweet, you know, sweet. but um, it, it's probably, a, you know, depending on how all this stuff clears up, if it was cleared up right now, I'd say we're probably a year and a half, two years away from being able to do that yeah. and having all the logistics ironed out and all that stuff. But we could be four years from it. <laughs> Who knows? You know, um, that's a, that, that's a lot of work. You mean talking passports, right? And yeah. But I mean, each and we just, have the individuals responsible for that. Yeah. We just have to yeah. set up the insurance and the travel and yeah. the contacts over there. will set up hotels and venues and all that stuff. So, it, it, like, we have the contacts to help out, so we're not having to do it all from our side. So, yeah. it'll be, like, we'll definitely, once we if we get that on the table, it's going to be legit. But be sweet. From but a anyway, baseball like, standpoint, too. I mean, baseball is one thing, but I think, you know, it'd, it'd be so cool for these kids to go down there and see. Experience. And, and how privilege they are up here i mean yes you know you look you go in a, you go in cody's dugout over here last night and they're ten thousand dollars in bats <laughs> you know, know what i mean man. it's, it's like true. you yeah. know and then so you see those kids down in the dr or whatever and they're swinging an old wood bat they're playing on fields with rocks and 
You know? yeah, different. Yes, and then not as much anymore. Like yeah, these academies changing. are like <laughs> pretty good. The huh? new Diamondbacks Academy is just cool, man. It's it's gonna be. And how how young do they bring done. those kids in? Like I know they 16. can sign them at sixteen. Yeah, they can't be in there before they then. They can't. Okay. No, it's like, well, you know the kid from the Angels, right? That uh, yeah, you took pictures yeah, Kevin, of Kevin uh, Yeah, so he he was a so there's a kid <laughs> that the Braves signed um, too young, and they gave him like I think four million dollars or something like that at, uh, at fifteen. Whoa! But they signed him. Like he was a he's a big kid. He was a shortstop yeah. then, and the Braves like you know, there were some violations, right? So they couldn't keep him, but he got to keep the money. <laughs> so then he goes to the Angels, and he gets another couple million dollars from the Angels to sign. So he's like I don't know six seven million dollars into this thing as a signing bonus, and he's sixteen years old. Oh my gosh, jackpot! But, but that's also like I see him now, and I don't like just as an outsider watching him like. He's not worth it. He's not going to make it. Really? How old is he? I don't know. What, 18, 19? But he's yeah. definitely not a shortstop anymore. He grew out of it? Substantially. Like how tall? Well, I just mean like. That was last That was last uh, March. <clears throat> Mike's showing a picture right now. He's not built him. like a shortstop. Well, he's, well it's like, let me see that picture. They have him on the corner. Have him playing third base. He's He's an easy 30 to 40 pounds heavier than that right 30 now. 30 to 40 pounds? He was standing at first base and wouldn't go after a pop-up the entire Serious? time. Serious? Oh, well, he got 7 million bucks. Like, well, that's, good. and that's what I'm saying. Like, Kind of ruined him. Well, yeah, the whole situation did, and, and unfortunately, but, you know, you see you see it go either way. Like, they, hey, I got 7 million bucks, I'm good. Or I got 7 million bucks, like, I'm going to get, I'm gonna get 70 million, million yeah. you know, like, yeah. and you hope it's the latter, but it's not always. And that's why like here now they do so much with, uh, like makeup, right? Like they know you can play or not play, but first rounders are, are makeup guys. Like, you know, they'll, they'll talk to your family. How's your family? How's school? How's, you know, behavior. Mm. It's all about makeup. Cause once you get, if you don't have it, and you act like an idiot. Once you get it, you're really going to act like an idiot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they really have to, like, makeup's a huge deal. And, you know, everybody's like, well, he can play. He <clears throat> can play. But we can't trust him. You know, we can't trust that he's going to show up or he's going to do this or that. Yeah. I don't want to say anything. We had a kid. We Just a, two or three years ago, lived, he's my, he lives in my neighborhood. And his, uh, I won't say any names, but he, he's, he was drafted high up. He's amazing. Um, San Francisco took him, and that was the first thing that happened to him because his dad was nuts, crazy. Yeah, and uh, they went in and said, "Hey, we don't, we don't really want your dad around." Yeah, you know, we don't want him around and stuff. Hey, Lavar Ball, we don't want you in the dugout. <laughs> dugout, no. you're out. Tired of going different places to get all you want? Looking for a program that offers everything? Are you interested in training, nutrition, baseball? softball, after-school youth programs, hunting, or charity work? One Performance is an all-inclusive program that offers training, advising, instruction, and opportunity for everyone, from the beginner to the professional. With a staff compiled of some of the best in their fields, impressive backgrounds, and an unmatched passion for teaching and giving back, One Performance is the first of its kind in Arizona. With the connections and background we have in the baseball community on a local and national level, from T-ball to the major leagues, One Performance offers teams known as Arizona National BPA, opportunity for instruction, gameplay, 
and development in every aspect of the game, both physically and mentally. The staff at One Performance Training are some of the finest in their respective fields. They strive to educate, motivate, and assist every athlete in maximizing their abilities. Whether you're looking for an opportunity for a young athlete or a seasoned professional to surround themselves with like-minded coaches, mentors, and athletes, One Performance is the family you're looking for. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Ready for an escape? Ready for an adventure? Do you want to camp, hunt, hit the dunes, or just relax on the beach? Rolly White RV is the number one toy hauler dealer in Arizona for the past five years running. With a no-pressure culture and no dealer fees, they guarantee you a great price and a great experience as you purchase your very own toy hauler or travel trailer. Rolly White is family-owned and operated and is now expanded to five locations, including Mesa, West Phoenix, North Phoenix, Flagstaff, and Idaho Falls, Idaho. Whether you're looking for a toy hauler or travel trailer, fifth wheel or bumper pole, Rolly White can get you what you're looking for. They carry all the big names, including Genesis Supreme, Vortex, Attitude, Wolfpack, Raptor, Forest River, and the newly released Wanderer by Genesis. We all want to beat the heat or just escape the craziness and get outdoors. Let Rolly White help you get there by visiting any of our locations or checking us out on Facebook, Instagram, and online at rollywhite.com. I love what Cody just said. It's a lot more, I think a lot of parents need to start preaching that on their kids. Though. Hey, that's great. You can hit a ball 400 feet, but what about everything else? Yeah, yeah it's just not offense or defense. You have to be, also you have to be dynamic, right? Like play other positions and. It helps for sure. Helps your stock. Yeah, it does. Yeah, we put touch also, in right field last night, and I'm like, I hope to hell he can catch a fly ball because I, you know, back home I'm like, hey, let's go, let's work on ground balls, let's yeah. work on uh-huh. your hands, let's work on your feet. Uh-huh. Lisa's like, well, have, you know, my wife, she's like, hit him a fly ball. I know this is a, it, this is like the most like ridiculous stat that I'm gonna say, and you're gonna go like, of course, right? But the pop up is the or fly ball is the second most recorded out in baseball. Yeah. Right? And how often at, at practices do teams work on taking fly balls unless you're an outfielder? Yeah. And then when you get to the bigger leagues, like when you hit a fly ball, like in outfield, yeah. the balls get higher, faster. When when you get that third deck on the stadium, like the <laughs> depth perception, you yeah. lose it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. For like sure, man. However many thousands of people there yelling at you. And right. Like you get a lefty hitting a ball, it kind of – Tails off, yep. There. Yep. or knuckles, or whatever. Yeah, but you'll go hit five thousand ground balls in a practice. Exactly no my problem. point. Yeah, but you've seen like our practices. We have a machine set up, and yeah. everybody rotates through the outfield position. Like, yep. like oh, we're just taking fly balls. Yep, because if you drop one in the game, and well, my favorites, it bad, pop-ups don't take bad hops. How about a? Yeah. Every one of them should get caught. Everyone. How about a catcher catching a ball behind the dugout? That was like. Well, yeah, because the ball's going to spin back towards the yeah, field. it's going to come back in. So if you don't get your back turned to the infield, like, you're going to be chasing it forward and it doesn't work. And then it comes that, right. that glove doesn't work very well that way. No, it just comes. Turn, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, but, that's like a, I played catcher and that was like, yeah. such, like to throw your mask off, uh, get under find the ball. the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And get your senses under you. Yeah, you got yeah. to be, you got to be a you got to be a special person to catch, you know? That's how it is. And tell my girls in soccer, I'm like, you got to be special to play keeper. Yeah. You got to be kind of dumb. 
You know, just dumb enough. Kind of special. Kind of dumb enough. Same with catching in baseball. I'm like, man, you got to just – it's a tough spot. So. It's, yeah, it's, I, I liked it because you're part of every play. Yeah. 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 It's a good spot for a kid or an athlete that's kind of got that little bit of ADD. Yeah. You know, you put a, put him behind the plate. Every pitch has got something to do. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, that's kind of, you know, going back to position, that's, you know, that's why we love coming out here. I'm like, dude, you're going to bat 10th and you're going to sit the bench or, who you know, whatever. I, I don't – it doesn't matter. I don't, but he, I don't but care what you're going to do. How important is it But to, he doesn't do either of those, so. Like, I, I, know. I was hoping he would. I'm like, <laughs> you need to come out here and freaking be this – no. Well, just to, like, get out of your comfort zone, go on a new team, yeah. and then, you know, kind of have to earn your spot again. Oh, yeah. It's so important. It's yeah. so important. And it's, you know, like we were talking about before we hit record on this, you know, having coaching your kid is, is oh, man, it is hard. It's hard. And that's another reason <laughs> why I drive 10 hours is not just because I want to surround, you know, my son with the amazing coaches like Cody and Rika, but I, I don't, I coach him back home and I'm to the point, this will probably be the last year I coach him. He's 12. It's probably done, you know, got him to this point, whatever, but it's hard. It's hard. There's a lot of challenges and exterior challenges from parents and all the things you hear about, you know, coach's kid or this or that, or, you know, it's, those things are real. And, you know, and the kids, these kids are so smart, you know, um, talk about Cody's boy Jordan. We were watching him last night, and I mean, honestly, he moves around the baseball field like he's seventeen. You can tell he, you know what I mean. Like he gets it. Yeah. You know, but it, it's tough though because you, he does. He hears everything. You know, and same with you know my kid back home. He hears everything. He hears every snicker and comment that a uh, anyone makes, or he hears. Yes. They hear all that stuff, and yeah. you know, our one of our last games in the summer, it was bad. It was a blow up game, and it was. We had multiple dads do, doing that, chirping and doing that. And mm. Tosh was my kid. Tosh, he's that's my boy. He was on the in the end of the dugout, eight or ten feet away from these dads, and they were went out going off on me. And that's hard for a he was you know an eleven year old kid to hear a yeah, bunch right. of grown men saying those things about their dad. Oh, dude, you know? what? You do parents ruin it. Oh, it's, par- it's parents. I they love don't the kids. add anything. No, to the parents don't. don't add anything. No. They only take away. They really, they really do. Because the kids, I love the hell out of the kids. I, I like, I love teaching. I love coaching baseball. I love teaching the game the best I can. I didn't play at a high, high level. I played some junior college baseball, but I love teaching kids, and I love trying to put life stuff into coaching. But yeah, the parents, man, oh, it makes you not want to do it. it you know, <laughs> it was, it makes you not want to do it. You're like, why am I doing this? I just laugh. Yeah, <laughs> Cody, we get it. But it makes you want to, you know, and they don't realize that it's not just that, you know, Cody's got multiple teams. But for me back home, it's not just the, I don't think about the team, just the two hours every Tuesday, Thursday we practice. No. Think about it all day. All day, every like, day. Yeah. Right. Workouts yeah. and send, yeah. you know, training and practice plans and whatever. Yeah, so. it's a, it's, and a lot of parents understand that. But they yeah. should make uh, parents, like, put them off their own. Like, you can clap. That's all you can do. I wish we had, like, um, plexiglass around the field. So <laughs> it's hockey. Just that, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. So you couldn't hear. Soundproof, yeah. yeah. Well, we, I'll tell you what, too. We, you know, I always joke. I'm like, we should, I want to have, when we're looking at new kids, I'm like, let's have a parent tryout before the kid. I don't care what they, I mean, the kids, I don't care what the kid looks like. We'll, we'll teach him how to play. Yes. But I want to have a parent tryout, you know. That's. The parent comes Erica, in. Erica, my wife. play this position. You're like, okay. 
we're out. Yeah. Yeah. When you when when I get emails, you know, people want, hey, we want to come try out. I'm like, okay, what positions? What team? Yeah. Are my first two questions, and uh, shortstop. Well, the, the majority will tell you he plays shortstop, and if they list like multiple positions or he can play anywhere, like cool, come out. If they're like he's a shortstop, he hits third, and um, you know he's he was on this team, and if I know the teams. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're kind of full in that spot. Yeah. Yeah. We're seven. And they're like, but you, you said you need tryouts for that team. I was like, yeah, well, yep. just not that position. <laughs> you know, like we, it, it's kind of it's. We tried you out. You yeah. failed. Well, <laughs> uh, we we at you know back back in Utah, we have freshman kids coming in at at the high school that I coach at, and every you know every year, tryout season rolls around, we get you know. 25, 30 kids come in with 11 and half inch gloves. Mm-hmm. And I'm like looking hey, around like, has got an anybody glove? catch fly balls around here? Well, yeah. I was shortstop for the last six years playing for my dad. Yeah, you were playing for my dad. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, that's, and that's, uh, you know, and that's kind of why, yeah, it, it's hard. It, it's tough. I told my, I'd only coach my kids at T-ball level and then I'm out. Perfect. Yeah. Like, cause I'm going to let professionals, like I could hit, so I can work with my kids at home. Like we'll work at with them at home. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the kids, like my kids, especially, like they work so much better under other people. Yeah, and I think all of them do. Like yeah. I mean, even even Jordan does. Yeah, but pe- I think parents are just too. They let their ego. Yeah, there's a lot to it, man. And I've, I mean, I've thought long and hard for five years about it while I've been doing it, and it's it's. Um, it's hard because you have so much invested time and you care so much and you, you don't ever want your kid to fail like at anything you want like you want it almost more than they do always cuz just because you don't want them to feel failure you know and and yeah. you don't want them you just want them to be succeed to succeed I want them to feel failure though but you do I but do you want, want them, them to, to f- you do I want them to fall on their face yeah. at a young age because right. then you can you're there for support and right. you can help them get through the failure. Right. Yeah. Cause when they're adults and fall on their face, you, you want to be there. Yeah, yeah. Right. But that's not like, that's not the norm. And that's not like people want the, like the Facebook glory and the Instagram the, glory. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. The fake life. Parents is more Facebook yeah. glory. Kids yeah. are more Instagram glory, but parents like, are Facebook. Yeah. Like, I, I'm totally out on all this. I think marketing-wise, I think you market more parents on Facebook yeah. and the younger generation more on Instagram. And yeah, um, I, yeah. <clears throat> when I was at Sundance, we used to joke around because you know we had there's a resort, there's a film festival, but mm-hmm. for the resort portion, it was we would always say Instagram is a fashion accessory, mm-hmm. right? And I'm guilty of it too. I mean, we probably we probably all in a way whether it's hunting and hunting stuff for you guys or you know whatever. It's like you go on Instagram and you're looking like, man, I want to go on an elk hunt here mm-hmm. because I saw it here. Or I want to go on a ski trip here because I saw it here, you know. Or yeah. I want my 12-year-old kid to play like this 15-year-old kid in the DR mm-hmm. yeah. right now. Right. I don't want to wait. I yeah. want him, You know what I mean? And it's like, dude, none of those things are realistic. You know what? Well, I mean, not, you know, or they require a lot of patience and a lot of work. Yeah. But, you saw it on Instagram is where I'm going with that. It's a fa- yeah. Instagram's a fashion accessory. Well, that's what makes it so hard for the kids now, too, is they, they have these expectations of, of what life should be versus what it 
really is, you know, and, and yeah. people can post all this stuff and their life may be in shambles, but yeah. you see this and it's like, hey, this is what I want, right? But I, so what'd you I, have to do to get it and how'd you get there and how's your life really? Or it's did it really of, happen? Yeah, right. Uh, I had a friend, he had his mule deer hunt this year and I usually hunt Colorado every year and mm-hmm. he hunted Colorado and he sent me a picture of this buck and I saw, you know, a buddy's picture on Instagram and they're together and I, I called him like, dude, I want to go next year. He's like, no, you don't. <laughs> that was the worst hunt. The worst hunt ever. And that picture looked epic. It. I was like, dude, those are big bucks, man. He's like, no, they're not. Not really. Like, I just on my phone, I went to half, you know. Yeah. And got you know the right angle yeah. and made it look massive. That's what we do when we're fly fishing, man. You hold, you got it. It's all about how you hold that fish in the camera, uh, right? And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Well, that's a bummer because <laughs> I'm not going I'm, next year. <laughs> he's like. And he told me, he's like, I'm never going again. But yeah. on if you just looked at Instagram, yeah. it's like the most epic hunt of all time. Yeah. 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 Well, I think, <clears throat> I, I think I told Cody this the other day about work, some work that I do at BD is I make really crappy ski days look really good. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, you can have the worst ski day ever, bulletproof ice, no, you know, no yeah. visibility, terrible snow, whatever. But, hey, we got to... We got to go out and make it look really good today because we got a new glove that we're trying to launch or whatever. Yeah. We need some photos. Yeah. We need some, you know what I mean? And But, um, <clears throat> you know, that's social media. And I think kids now, I think kids nowadays are going to have to, and I think they are. I think they're getting smarter. I think a lot, you know, they're figuring it out. Um, some of mo- most aren't, but, you know, like right here, right here, right here, and right here in the gym at, at one, you know successful athletes have simply formed the habits of doing things unsuccessful athletes do not like to do. Like mm-hmm. I took a picture of that last time I was down here and showed my girls when I got home. Mm-hmm. You really do need to block out all the things you see and yeah. say, you know, Hey, what's realistic for me? Yeah. You know, what am I capable of? Right. You know? Yeah. That, that picture, that poster right there is out of the Yankees um, weight room back in 08 at the old stadium. It's good. And so it's, I got that right there and the banner that's over there. Um, those are the two things I got from the yeah. from the stadium in 08, from the old stadium in the weight room. They were just going to throw them out. Yeah. Well, like, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't know where they were going to go, but they, they go just fine in here. No, they're great. But they, uh, like, you know, we have our morning workout crew, 6 a.m., and 6 a. M. if one of them doesn't show up, they get that picture ah. sent to them hey. every morning. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> where, where were you? Where yep. were you? No, it's you? it's during the workout. Like, hey, we're here. You're not. Yeah. You're not. It. Where are you at? It's, but it's um, it's just a mentality, man. But you know, it's um, the marketing side of of Instagram and what people have done. Like, some people have really used it to create wealth too. Like, yeah. you know, there's there's some really really young people that are doing some great things with both TikTok and, and Instagram. And they're yeah, I mean, TikTok's making a new thing, right? Yeah. It's been off for a little while, but that's like, you know, I don't like it because the stuff goes, uh, Snapchat, that goes away. Like, I don't like Snapchat. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah they're, I mean, people are really using it to, you know, as a career. And it's, yeah. I, I'd, you know, I like the uh, the way their, their mind works and the innovation and the, entrepreneurship or whatever you want to call it but they they uh they've done a really good job with it and i think it's it's really cool and it's entertainment and it's a, a different avenue for them but um there's there's some real wealth coming off these yeah, things too absolutely. Yeah, youtube and all the, all yeah. those things oh, so. dude, youtube man 
making. All of them. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Steven Sharer. Like, well, think about Rogan and how he started with his podcast. The original and, and, podcast, man. And he was on YouTube, and you watched all of them there, and now Spotify paid him $100 million. So, $100 million bucks. Um, he did all but, right. Yeah, I mean, crazy. it took a lot of years I mean, of and consistency. He moved, he moved out of California. Yeah. He said, and getting taxed. Yeah. To Texas. Pay house. Ooh. Yeah. California income tax. But, yeah, I mean, there's some there's some really good things that kids yeah. are doing and the younger generation's doing that, like, you look back and you're like, dang, why didn't I think of something yeah. like that, you know? But, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, I just suck at, in, like, technology, man. Like, <laughs> I just think about stuff too much. Like, I just can't post something. Like, you You care about, you're worried about how it's going to look or whatever. It has to be, like, this post Perfect. that's, like, Epic every time. And it's like, you know what? It doesn't have to be epic every time. It just wow. to be real. It needs to be consistent, I think, is the biggest deal. Consistent's more than epic. Yeah, that's why I've been epic. talking to Mike about, like, he, the, the, the pictures and posts on, on one performance that, that were, you know, we finally launched this thing. It's been going on for years, but we finally launched a, uh, yeah, the training part's been going off for, like, you know, five years now, but we finally are, are getting to where we're going to kind of launch it as a brand. And uh, he came down and took a bunch of content like three weeks ago, and and so the pictures on the on the site are the pictures he took, whether they were here in the facility or or at the at the uh, hitting facility, and um, like the pictures to me are like I watched him take and I'm like, oh, that's okay, but then they come up on here, I'm like, dude, that looks awesome, you know? <laughs> How'd you do that? And then the posts and the the way they were posted, and like it's you know I've talked to him a lot about it because he's got some experience in doing it, and it's. Uh, so I'm wearing him out going, hey, what what do I need to do? How do I need to do this? It's like, I, I just put it. it up there, dude. I love it. Yeah, that, you know, it's, you know, I tell Cody all the time, more, the more I can be around, you know, the guy standing in the snow for a living, the more I can be around the game of baseball right now, I'll, I love it. But, um, but yeah, you know, as far as, I mean, a lot, a lot of brands and a lot of brands are always twisted on, it's got to be the most epic post with the most epic story. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, yeah. Yes and no sometimes, right? Yeah, sure. Like if you want to go out and, you know, you go on a content-specific trip, like you're saying, hey, I'm going to go down to New Mexico and we're going down and we're going to get, you know, we got this, we got a a tag to go get a trophy bowl or whatever. You know, yeah. sure, make a full content trip out of that. You're going to bring all the gear. You're going to, you know, you're going to go for it and get content. But a lot of times now, especially they're finding now on social, on Instagram especially, that the day-to-day content, like real-life content, you know, and it's got to be good. I mean, it can't be, you know, your grandma shaking and you can't see what the picture is. But I mean, get a nice photo with a phone or a camera or whatever and kind of real organic content that's real life stuff. People really want to see what's going on. People want real. Yeah. They don't want a big script. And, you know, and that's kind of the battle that we have at, at BD. We have, a couple, we have a couple different Instagram accounts, but, you know, our main account has got just under a million followers. And we're always having that kind of controversy, like, you know, kind of bumping heads uh, with, you know, the other, the other person that runs that account, like, Hey, they think there needs to be epic, 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 huge story every day. And I'm like, that's a, that's not possible. Cause that, that's, I mean, from a budget requirement, you're talking about, you want to go to Iceland on a ski trip every day, or you yeah. want to go to Argentina and get a climbing trip in. I mean, you know, you got to learn how to take content. You got to build your content library up, have yes. a folder up on your desktop, have a couple hundred photos in there and 
look, scroll through it in the morning and be like, get a little spark of inspiration and be like, hey, you know what? This is going to be a great post. I'm going to talk about this or tie it to a product or tie it to a personality. That's, that's what I always do is the three P's, products, personalities, and places. Social media. That's like my rule of thumb. Like take a folder of image, imagery and tie in the three P's to it. And you can make a great post out of that. It doesn't have, and it can be a one-liner or one word. It can be one word. I like to. the one-word posts. It's fine. Those are my like. If one like, the hashtags are like three lines long, one word. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't do the hashtag. Yeah. Well, you kind of have to. You, like you're supposed to. Like yeah. if, that's like why if, I'm not good at it. And the algorithms are so messed up now. Oh really? Yeah. So like they start. Sl- like I know my buddy Greg. He said they were slowing his, like, slowing something down, like, the way his um, posts were going out, or, I don't know. Yeah, it's changed now. It's based on, a, it's based on, you know, I mean, the, 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 the saying, good content wins, it's kind of like Google Analytics. Good content's going to win. And Instagram algorithm's changing a little bit into that, too. Um, and then paid, obviously. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, you you guys have probably noticed the amount of paid ads coming through your Instagram yeah. feed lately. It's just through it's the just roof. It's like yeah. I talk about something that's on paid yes, partnership, is. paid it partnership. Is. Yeah, it is. It's all the geotagging. I mean, we you know we do that all day long. I can say, hey, I'm gonna. We want to target this leather ski glove to, you know, a 47 year old, you know, woman that lives in Texas. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's geotag. Let's do some, you know, boom, set it out. 500,000 women in Texas that are 47 get an ad on their Instagram with the leather ski glove, you know? Yeah. It's How good stuff. does it work? I don't like that. I don't like it either because <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> it made me feel really bad about what's going on. Well, it makes you feel. It, <laughs> you leave my phone right here all the time. Well, I'll tell you what. We, you know, we joke about it all the time. We'll be in the car and talking about something. We'll have Spotify on, and an ad will come through about it. And mm-hmm. you're like, all right, someone's looking. Right. Someone's listening in on that. You know? Yeah. So. No, I like. I was with my brother-in-law, and he's, uh, he's in the intelligence community, and we were talking, and he's like, he made us leave our phones in one car, and we drove in another. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause Cause those like, guys are on a whole next level. He's like, no, dude, people are, <laughs> there's people listening. Yeah. They don't have, I, I don't have anything very important to listen in on, luckily. But uh, somebody <laughs> listen to me, they're gonna be so. Gonna be like, like, we chose boring. the wrong guy. We chose the wrong. Dude, guy. Fox boring. News. <laughs> I scan back between Fox and CNN, see what the two bipolar people are yelling at each other about. <laughs> yeah. And then. For a minute. Yeah, I'm like, whoa. And then I switch back. Whoa, <laughs> these people are crazy. It's All of them are here. crazy. Oh man. Yeah. So what? Uh, with all the stuff, like, because just what you're doing now isn't kind of your your story. You've done a lot of stuff. Like you yeah. told me about a, some ski stuff, and like, yeah. so what, what is like, what is your passion? I guess uh, aside from, because there's there's a lot of things that that we talk about, and you're like, yeah, I did this, and I'm like, yeah. dude, wh- where did? <laughs> well, I saw mountain bikes strapped to the back of your car. We love riding bikes. Yeah, they were out riding yesterday morning. We were not riding. No, this is dirty. Yeah, they were. They had dirt on them. Yeah. yeah, we went riding yesterday. Where'd you go? <laughs> Wherever Cody told me to go. Haas Loop up there. Yeah, yeah. Loop. We went out. We went out and rode around that a few times. <clears throat> it's cool out there. A few times, like I could yeah. maybe. You gotta I, try Papago too. Papago. Yeah. I'll try that one out. Nah, we. You know, I've been like 
I always say the word Swiss Army knife. I've always been known in the kind of outdoor space as kind of a Swiss Army knife guy. You know, like a, I'm a brand guy. I love mm-hmm. building brands. I love taking ideas and kind of, you know, building stories around brands and ideas. And um, in 04, my wife and I started our own snow ski brand. And oh, cool. we joke about this. And it, we always, you know, I look back on old stories and blog posts and magazine articles about it and stuff. And we always used to say, you know, I, I always said the same thing. But we had a few hundred bucks and we took an idea and a few hundred bucks and we did it. But honestly, we had, it was more, it was, we had 600 bucks. This is Six, no joke. We had 600 <laughs> bucks. And there was this guy in Utah that had a little ski press. And I'm like, because we owned a little, we had a little, when we first got married, I was working for my dad and it was, and I'm disclosing my age here, but it was <laughs> getting older, but 9-11 hit. Mm-hmm. And my dad, he owned a trucking company. So he would bring containers in and ship them around and stuff. And so I was working for him at the time. I got done playing baseball. I was starting to ski. I was ski bombing and doing my thing. But my dad kind of put me to work and stuff. And and 9-11 hit. And it bank, over 900 trucking companies in the United States went bankrupt. And his was one of them. So I was. Really? Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. And Why was that? Because of the airlines? Sh- well, shipping shut down. Shipping shut down nationwide for the for some reason. I mean, all per- inbound, uh, you know, things overseas, everything coming in was shut down. Everything shut down. It bankrupted yeah. trucking companies. That, there's an untold story right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was, you know, I, I've always had a soft spot for, I mean, you know, truckers, what's, what's that saying? I mean, truckers make America move. I mean, yeah. Yeah. but anyway, I've always had a soft spot for trucking because that's what my dad did. He was in the trucking business. But anyway, I, I, I had, I was working for him. It wasn't, you know. It wasn't what I loved at all, at all. But it let me, he, you know, he's like, hey, you know, I went skiing. I could do my thing and stuff. And then I got married. And um, and then that happened. 9-11 happened and we went under. So we were out of, I was out of a job. And luckily, Lisa and I, my wife Lisa and I, we didn't have kids or anything at that point. So we actually got in, a, we actually got in our truck and our little, tow, little trailer. We had like a little tow behind pop-up trailer and we, were, we left. Like we, we left. We drove up the coast. California, Oregon, Washington, Canada. We we were gone for like a month. We're like, let's just go drive around and have some fun. We have you know a few thousand bucks in savings. Let's go spend it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We we were that stupid. Yeah. And anyway, on that trip, we were like, what should we do? You know, I don't I don't want to work for somebody. You know, like I don't want to I don't want to go sit at a desk all day or whatever. And so we decided when we got home, we were going to open a our Aria store, our own store. Mm-hmm. Open a store that had like clothes and snowboards and you know things like that but we were skiers and we saw all these cool snowboard brands coming through and i'm like man why aren't the ski brands cool like this why aren't they fun yeah. graphics suck i mean all the ski all the ski graphics look like nascar you know they were terrible they're not no artwork or anything cool so we're like, i'm making my own ski brand we're gonna start our own ski brand i got 600 bucks so we went and made he made me this guy down the street had a press and he made me some skis and they were cool i mean we had you know, a friend of mine, Jay, he's an amazing artist. He did the graphics and kind of started tell, putting them out there. This was before social media, too. And so we kind of put them out there, and we made 12 pairs of skis. And we sold them all in, like, two days, and they all broke. Like, they, were, they just sucked. They were warranty. Pieces, pieces of junk. And I was like, <laughs> no warranty. all right, here we go. No warranty on those. But So we did that, but the interest was so great that we kind of kept going. I'm like, let's make, let's make some more. Can we... Uh Make them better, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So we made them better. We left. We got. We got out of that factory, and I, and I got introduced to a, a small factory in Austria. Um, 
and he, this guy was made amazing product, but it was a little bit more money, a little bit. We, so we had to learn how to do global. We learned, I learned global trade. So anyway, we launched in 04, we launched surface skis and we ran it for a few years. And then we had a guy from Arizona, um, amazing guy. I was telling Cody about him the other day, super smart guy. His name is Greg Scoresby. I don't know if you guys know Greg. Greg sounds really familiar. Greg is, he's the greatest guy ever, but he is here and he, um, he, He's the CEO of Campus Logic, and it's a, it's he's unbelievable. He's done some amazing things. But Greg came in, he gave us some money. He believed in the ideas. Like I love people that can turn something out of nothing. That's I'm mm-hmm. a sucker for that. And um, anyway, so Greg came in and gave us some cash, and and he put his uh, kind of like a bookkeeping guy on it. It's because I, I I was terrible at that. I'm a brand guy, yeah. so he put his bookkeeping guy on it, gave us some cash, and we blew it up. We blew it up. And then he put in a little bit more cash. He blew it up again. And all of a sudden, we're, you know, probably one of the hottest new ski brands in the world. We had really? we had a little mini office in Japan, one in Munich. We had two guys working in there. We were sending skis all over the place. And um, grew the brand. We were getting magazine coverage, a whole bit. It was awesome. And then um, had a guy from New York come in and take Greg out. And, uh, he, you know, we ran it for two or three years after that and he and I didn't really, it was rough with, you know, just different, different ideas, you know, kind of East coast, wall street type mentality. Well, he's bottom line. Yeah. hundred percent. And I'm more like brand, I'm more like, Hey, you know, emotional connection here. Mm -hmm. Like this is how we built this brand. Like we have a community, we have a tribe and he didn't care about that tribe. He didn't care about that community. It was like, it was like bottom line and we were profitable. We were profitable company. And so, we were going to take the company and sell the Amher Sports that owns Solomon, Atomic, and all the big brands. They approached us. So I was in Austria back and forth kind of negotiating the deal or whatever you want to call it. And it was a great deal for us because we were still small. We were a small fish in a huge pond compared to you know, Um I was probably 35. 35. Yeah, okay. probably 35. And um, so I was in How Austria. How long has the company been going uh, at this time? About eight and a half years. So it it's a seasoned company. Yeah. It You're was going good. up on your 10-year mark. Yeah. We're almost 10 years in. Yeah. And so we had a great deal done with Ammer. And, um, you know, when a company like Ammer, it's like, you know, it's like you guys screen printing camo shirts in Cody's garage and Sitka coming in and buying you out. It's kind of something like that. Because yeah. you know they're buying you for the brand that you've created. You know, yes. they're like, hey, you guys, are, you have something here that we can't be. You're flexible. You're mobile. You know, you don't have to buy into all the trade shows. You don't have to do, you can do things differently. So they were buying us for that. And we, so I was in Austria a bunch of times talking, you know, models, get, you know, five-year models, five-year plans. You know, I was going to have to move out there for a couple of years and live there. Yeah. Um, and we got to the point where we, everything was done deal. It was a done deal. And in literally the final seconds of that deal, their, C, their CFO um, was a big Finnish guy. And he was like, he called it off the last minute and about five or six months later they bought a st- another ski company like ours called armada and now armadas they're big and so that you know we missed out on that but when i fly when i flew home from europe um i was on that flight and one of the main reasons why they called it off was just it, you know it was a partner of mine kind of the new york the guy yeah kind of spoiled the deal a little bit and um I was on that flight home, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm almost 10 years into this. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm done. So 
came home, started doing other like side projects and side hustles, getting involved with other brands. My heart wasn't in anymore. And then he ended up kind of coming in and buying me out of yeah. that. And I walked, he's still doing it. It's still there. He's yeah. still, it's he's you know he's still trying to do it and he um, kind of ruined it for you. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. Well, a brand is so much the culture and the owners. Yeah, like especially don't especially have in that, that space. Especially yeah. in that space. I mean, that space is is all tribal. I mean, like you know, I keep using that word. I know, but it's a it's a tribal tribal space, and you know, people, yeah, that's the same way with us, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the same kind of same kind of thing, but we did that. But yeah, did, you know that was surface skis and ran that for about ten years. And I learned global trade. I mean, everything from sourcing, shipping. I ran design, you know, creative direction, branding, catalog. I mean, we had two employees. It was me and I had two guys. Yeah. And I, we built that brand with three of us. It was pretty amazing. That's and cool. People would be like, "Oh, you guys are big," and I'm like, "I got three guys total, including <laughs> me." That was it. Yeah. And. uh we, we crushed it. And anyway, so we did surface skis and then um, and then did some side projects, like Cody said, and then went on and was the creative director at Sundance for a while and, and then kind of left Sundance when I got an opportunity at Black Diamond. So ended up at Black Diamond. So, so how, long, how long have you been there? I've been there for one one year. One year. One year. Yep. The CEO how? of Black Diamond and I have done other brand projects before. When did, how long ago did surface skis in? Um, when was I out? Yeah. I think it might have been s- when it was all done, like 15. So it wasn't too long Five ago. years ago. Yeah, maybe, when I was like done, done, done. Like right. I was done probably six, six years ago, but I was kind of still there. Yeah. Existing. And, um, but then it was just officially done. Yeah. yeah. But that was a great learning. It was a good, it was a great experience. Met a lot of great people. Um, you know, that's how I chalked that up. That's totally cool. That's how I chalked that up. I like mean, it's learning experience. I think everybody learns like that. Yeah, man. I think everybody has a partner somewhere along the line that yeah. doesn't represent the culture, you know, or yeah. what yeah. we uh 100%. I know uh I know I did. <laughs> I know I had one. Yeah, I think we everybody talked about does. that early. It's rough. Partners are great until they're not great, right? Right. That's yeah. that's kind of exactly what it is. As long as they uh as long as they <laughs> as long as everybody does what they're supposed to do. Yeah, which isn't the case. And then when you don't see I I mean when you have somebody that's polar opposites of what your belief system is, right? It's hard, it, it's it's impossible to grow to grow a brand. It's yeah. you know. I think that's imp- important for um people to uh realize is that when you have a partner or if you're a partner that, and if you promise certain things that you live up to that. I mean, sometimes people think like you, I've had so many people come up to me and tell me like, I need to change mm-hmm. business. Like, no. Yeah. No, I'm good. No. It's working just fine. Like, or they think they could do things so much better. And that's probably what happened with um This guy he looked at, he's like, I'm going to come. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to do whatever. He kind of ruined it. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you know, and taking taking the things that he did well in his in his life, mm-hmm. you know, Wall Street and the yeah. Wasatch Mountains in Utah are totally. It's that's not even it's not apples to apples, right? You know, and the principles that apply out east on Wall Street don't work in the snow community. They don't no. work in that world. No. They actually they actually ruin it, right? And that's why most people go 
do things like skiing or snowboarding or whatever it might be just to escape that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so when you try to apply that to that, it just spoils it. It poisons it. Well, that company that wanted to buy you wanted to buy the culture. They wanted, Yeah, they wanted to buy the culture. They didn't want the Wall Street bottom line. They didn't care about that. They wanted no, the because, culture. No. I mean, they're a 5 billion euro company. Yeah. They don't care about writing a check for 3 million bucks. No. That's not, I mean, they're, that's nothing for them. They no. wanted to buy, you know, they would take that and, and, uh, and, and do their thing with it. He just said Euro. Company. Euro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 5 billion euros. Euros. Yeah. But they're a big brand. They own, they own, you know, we were talking about Sunto watches. They yeah. own Sunto. They own Wilson. Wow. They like own, gloves? Uh, Wilson, Wilson. The sporting goods, yeah, in general. Wilson yeah. bought out everybody. Yeah, Wilson. They, they own Wilson. Out. Atomic, Solomon, Sunto. They own uh, uh, Armada skis now. That's a better <laughs> one because that should have been me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're big, but they're big. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't, they weren't, it wasn't the money. It wasn't the money for them. It was, you know, the mobility and, and, and being able to act differently in that space that's been there for so long. Because yeah. in the ski industry, it's probably a lot like the hunting industry too. You go to the trade show every year. You go to this trade show. You hit the road and you do the regional shows. You do this, oh, you know. Oh, man, I hate all the shows. And so that, but I was one of the first guys to, 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 um, to, to, to like boy, not boycott it, like publicly but i did not do that stuff i did it a few years i remember one year we did the outdoor retailer show in vegas and i spent like 50 grand on this amazing booth Mm -hmm. we sold nothing like zero the shows are built around the show directors making money yeah not about the vendors the vendors don't make money but then like the feeling i get about these shows we have out here for trailers is that if you don't go, then somebody's <laughs> going to replace you. Yeah. One of your competitors. So you, I know I don't. I'm not going to make money, and I do it just to block other people. Yeah, and that's and that's and that's <laughs> and that's what thing we do at BD too. Like we did, you know, we did the outdoor retailer show in January right before COVID hit, and we had like honestly, we had a million and a half dollar booth, multi level, huge like espresso wow. bar in the morning. I mean. You know, it was the busiest booth in the show. And we, yeah, of course we won every award for best booth or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but we're right there, you know, we're right next to Arcteryx and North Face and we're competing with those guys. And it's like you said, like, and our CEO loves trade shows. He's all about trade shows. He's like, whoever is making the most noise at this trade show is the brand that's doing the best, which is, it's not the case. Well, you were at the TAC event up up there, and you're talking about, because at TAC they have, like, I guess a trade show area, right, like down at the base, but it's not really a trade show. It's just products down there, and um, like, dude, this could be so much better, and this could be, you know, you you brought up, like, three or four different things. What if we did this and that? What if they? (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally. It's hanging fruit stuff, too. Oh, no. We We need a shirt. Can we do a low-hanging fruit shirt? Low-hanging fruit shirt. <laughs> I, yeah, like, there's... And, you know, you go to different shows, and some are better than others, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just the way they're, like, um, promoted and... Yeah. But... Well, I'll, I'll never forget the time when... Uh, we were just talking about Burton Snowboards a little bit ago. Burton Snowboards, um, four or five years ago, pulled out of the... SIA trade show, the huge snow industries of America trade show. Mm-hmm. They literally pulled out of the show and they made a big announcement that, Hey, we've rented out the, I, I mean, I don't know what it is, but it's block away from the convention center in Denver. Mm-hmm. It's like the Capitol building. They rented out the bottom of the Capitol building for the week. And the whole show moved 
to the Capitol building. Really? They took everything. They just took them. Yeah. You know? And then you look at uh, specialized bikes in the bike industry. They pulled out of all the trade shows, too. And so now what they do, they do dealer camps. So That's they, way better. Yeah, they go to Park City. It's actually do it in Utah. They do, park, they do dealer camps in Park City. So what they do is they invite their top. They invite every dealer, but they bring in all their dealers from around the U.S. and Canada, bring them into Park City, and everybody, you know, gets to, they ride bikes. And That's a great out. idea. I want to go ride bikes. They yeah. ride bikes. <clears throat> and, they, and they get to know each other. They get to, to network with retailers. They get to check out all the new specialized bikes. Yeah. And then they go home. Mm-hmm. You know what? They actually feel like they're, they're part of a community. Yeah, There's emo- kind of yeah of like There's we're, we're part of the brand. Yeah. Not like, hey, we want your money to set up a booth. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, there's no. Yeah, you drink gonna, beer and high five, and then you leave. It's like it's awful. Trade shows are yeah. trade shows are brutal. I mean, yeah, like I totally agree. Like they have these uh, the open houses, and those are worth going to. Yeah, but trade shows are. Plus, you have to be there all day. Oh yeah, and then plus you get COVID. COVID. <laughs> I mean, or, that's what in January we had. I mean, the bit, <clears throat> in the outdoor retailer show in Denver. I mean, it's you know fifty fifty people from overseas fly in. And then I went home from that like a week later. Super sick. I didn't. I never got sick, but I, mm. I'm like. Then COVID hit, and I'm like, oh my gosh! I was just around nine million people from you know Europe and Asia and whatever. Yeah. I'm I guarantee I'm gonna die. I'm gonna, I have COVID. <laughs> and I'm gonna die. We're dead. This is when we didn't know what it, you know. I went to the ATA show with uh, Dudley last year, and that thing's just. There's only like a couple vendors that do really well, and everyone else like whatever. Loses. I went out to Ve- what's that one outside of Vegas? The SEMA? No, no, Shot Show. Shot Show. I went to Shot Show one year. Yeah. Yep. And I, I just drove way out there and shot guns and got in my car and drove home. It was weird. It was like yeah. that's. It didn't feel very productive. No, I think it's just more of a event. Yeah, more of like a hangout. It, they should just do it for free because all those vendors there probably there's probably a couple that make good money and then yeah. most of them don't. Yeah. But they said they're in Shot Show. Yeah, it goes back to say, if you're not there, that means you're irrelevant, right? Yeah. If you don't go to SHOT Show, you're irrelevant. If you don't go to Outdoor Retailer Show, you're irrelevant. That's the old school mentality. Yeah, but that that probably worked, what, 10 years ago? Yeah, oh yeah, totally. But you, you would go there and write orders yeah. on the spot. Who and writes orders now? Nobody writes orders. We have cell phones. Exactly. Text message. Te- yeah, exactly. DMs. Yep. All of the above. All of the above. Yeah. Those days are over. I, I totally agree. Just yeah. like some of these, uh, and that's the same way with um, these RV dealers. They're just the owners of, I'd say the average age of a owner of an RV dealership is probably like 70. Yeah. 65 to 70. So that's what, that's just what you're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, that'd be like my dad trying to. Before he passed away, we got we made we created an Instagram account for him so yeah. we could see his grandkids. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah, I want right. to see what they're doing. Yeah, hey, you should look at Instagram. Right, yeah. I went there, back and looked up. at his Instagram the other day. I had a tear. I teared up for a minute, but oh, you know, yeah. it, it, but he didn't know. He didn't. You know? He. That's why it makes it cool. Yeah, because he didn't know. And it was that is when Instagram was cool because it was still kind of naive. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you posted photos for the right reasons. Yeah. Posted photos so your family and friends can see what you're doing. Yeah. People that really cared about you, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, I love seeing, like, Jordan the other day. It's his birthday. I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? Like, happy birthday. Like, mm-hmm. real stuff that you really want to say to somebody, not just, hey, look at my 
my new car that I got yeah. or whatever. You know? Yeah, I think that that's the reason that I personally don't post a lot. Like, I'll post the birthday stuff. And, like, if you look at my account, there's not a lot of personal, like, yeah, I we, get the family birthdays and the, the stuff. And that, that's just for, like, you look back. Like, I'll look back at mine. It's, like, memories, you know, that yeah. it's kind of like storage almost. It's for, either that or a scrapbook. A lot of people that's use what I mean, like scrapbooks. Yeah. yeah a lot I mean, of people scrapbook. With we don't, yeah. don't want to. I mean. You know, on the drive down to Arizona a couple of days ago, we were talking about something because most family arguments or things at work come from that, you know? Yeah. Like, so, you know, like, I forget what came up. Something came up last week at, at work, and they're like, yeah, you're probably just down in Arizona again. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And I told Lisa, I'm like, you're I'm like, done. I'm yes, shutting, I am. I'm shutting it off. I don't want it. Maybe I, I am. Isn't yeah. that, isn't so that what? crazy? Like, yeah. people. But they worry about what you're doing. Graham yeah. stalk you. Yeah. And it's like I don't care if I'm in Arizona or Freaking North Dakota or whatever. This guy. Well, you know, you can you can click and see like who who viewed it. You yeah. know, I, I don't oh, know if I it's that, that or Facebook, one of the two. You can see who yeah. viewed your story, and I didn't know that until recently. And so now I like there's some people that want to like talk smack all the time oh, yeah. and, and like you know act like you're the worst thing on earth. But every single oh, yeah. post. They're like one of the first ones to check it out. Oh yeah, they're on. I you. just laugh about it. They're on you. I actually screenshotted that the Jordan other day. Jordan, show you that? No, I don't know where I got. I think <laughs> I was just messing. I actually screenshotted it and put it on my story and circled a couple names the other You're day. Like, hey, remember this? Remember, remember what you said about <laughs> I me did. On Tuesday morning? I just screenshot it and circled them. You know, with the little uh, edit thing, and then I posted it. <laughs> oh, he did. <laughs> yeah, I get in a lot of trouble. That's well. probably why Cody shouldn't post very much. Yeah, I like how I he's calling people out. I mean, yeah, if you want to be the guy, then be the guy. And if not, then shut up. Yeah. I don't really. I don't know. I and I don't, trash. I don't look at, like, I don't read comments and stuff on the thing. Like, I don't have time for it. I don't really I don't, care. But I don't comment. Yeah. I'll comment on people's if I'm just saying what's up or whatever. But, like, in general, I'm not going to. Yeah. Well, the likes and the comments, you know that that's part of the algorithm process. Of. So, of how Instagram controls what you see. So yeah. if you go out and you like, you know, oh. 13 photos and make a comment of muzzleloader brands, yeah. you're going to start seeing a lot of muzzleloader stuff on your feed or, you know, yeah, that's D-Marini true. baseball bats. You're yeah. going to start seeing D-Marini baseball bats come through your feed. It's just, it's part of the algorithm process. The privacy thing is, uh, well, there, it's non-existent. Yeah, yeah so there's no is. privacy. Like, you go in the middle of Montana or... Idaho or Jeez. something, you can get maybe get it. You'd have to have no cell phone. Uh, you would. Well, you'd have to get rid of it all together. What well, about a, a lot of those places? You don't have service. Sat phone. phone? Could you use a sat phone? Yeah, I don't know how much how much you can do with a sat phone. But <laughs> you could text. You could <laughs> text and call. We yes. bought. We. Uh, I was kind of bittersweet, but we we had some property. We just sold it. I think I told Cody about this, but we bought some property up in Victor, outside of Driggs. Okay, yeah, yeah that's so, really good. Yeah. Why'd he sell we that? Sold it. We sold it. Why'd he do that? So we could drive to Arizona and play baseball. <laughs> they, they sold it so they could come play club that's, baseball. That's like weekends. that's primo, dude. We, we did good. It was fine. I mean, it wasn't. We had a little piece, but we. I oh, had it for, I had it for two years, four and a half. That's still yeah, pretty good. It was good. It was good. I was the, when I was looking at property in Idaho. That was an area. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Our, it was right at the base of Teton Pass. So coming over from Jackson and right when yes. it goes flat, yeah. right there. So we bought it. The same lady we bought it from bought it back. That's cool. Yeah. So For more? Yeah. 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 She's going to pay premium now. 
yeah, but they're laughing. They're like, Jackson's for the billionaires and Drake's is for the millionaires. And I'm like, I ain't no millionaire. So I, you know what I mean? So it's what do you change. want me to do? Yeah, what do you want me to do? I'm like, do you want to buy this <laughs> buy back? back? And, yeah. So she's like, I'm going to get a wire transfer in my bank the next morning. And I'm like, well, we can sleep easy tonight because <laughs> she you know wired I mean? it immediately. It was like, <laughs> yeah, she didn't even care. Like, yeah, she nice. lived there her whole life. She probably owns 20,000 acres down through Teton Valley. That's awesome. Yeah. Or probably more than that. Well, we, we bought a we bought a does piece. She, we have a thousand. Let us hunt on it. <clears throat> oh God, dude! Can there's huge a, elk. Can we put up a hunting ranch? There's huge elk well, right behind. We don't need a hunting ranch if they just let us hunt on it. Well, I know, but it, you need a place to stay. Yeah, we'll just stay in the just hotel. Bring trailers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trailers. We got trailers. We got trailers. Yeah, I'm like, we know a guy. <laughs> yeah, we, we know, know a guy. guy that's got some trailers. Oh man, <laughs> we can grab them from Idaho too. They're yeah. We don't have to. We can fly to Idaho and go from there. Fly to Idaho. Oh man, jump on. But it's yeah, a beautiful valley, though. It was bittersweet because we, you know, but really it goes back to, I've been standing in the snow forever. That's mm-hmm. all I know. Right. And I'm like, do I want my, do I want to, you know, my getaway or my end mm. play to be snow? In the snow? Yeah. If and the answer is no. 100%. Yeah, you want I'm it to be right it. here down the street. I, I want to be warm. And the older I get, I want to be warmer. It's like we were talking about this morning, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm cold. You know, yeah, it's like go on a ski trip. Yeah, you want to go ski, you go on a ski trip. You know, well, that's like you know, with the cabin up, up where we have it, it's like you know, you can go the summers are you can go up there, it's three hours from here. You can go up there, and it's like yeah. summers are 20 degrees cooler. Yeah. yeah, and if you go up now, you're skiing, so yeah. it's kind of like you can go ski if you want. Yeah, and you can be there literally, you can be at the door in like three hours and eight yeah. minutes. And the nice thing about that is if you have a place and you have all your stuff up there. Yeah, leave, yeah like, you can leave stuff. You just get in the car and go. Yeah. Like, grab a, maybe yeah. a couple things, and it's it's not like uh, go buy food when you're up there. Yeah, it's it's just go to the grocery store. That's it. Yeah. You don't have to like pack luggage and you know yeah. all stuff. And oh, I forgot this. And, yeah, no, I'll just go. Oh, dude, talk like. Well, those two Tosh bags right over in. there. He's like, let's move. Let's He'll move it. right now. Those two bags right there are going with us after Christmas. To that's all the ski gear. Oh, oh. Your, all your snow gear. Yeah, it's gloves. Leave it up there. Yeah, we are. Yeah, seriously, like, they've been in the cabinets over there. And, yeah. That right there is going up. Sweet. So. Perfect. Nice. The longboard, too? The, the longboard's staying here. The banana board? That thing's staying here. Let Rika go kill himself on that thing, huh? The long the longboard is how I got from the truck to the clubhouse quite a few times because it's quite oh, a long, quite like a long roll. D-backs? Yeah, coaching. This summer, it's like a... Yeah. It's like a good little walk in. I was like, I'm just gonna ride the skateboard yeah. in, dude. It's better hot. than one of those like it's Segway hot, things. I can see Cody on one of the Segways. A little scooter. I'd yeah. totally do a Segway. The mall cop thing. Oh, mall Paul, cop. Paul Bart. <laughs> yeah, Paul, Paul Bart. Bart. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's good, man. So what you got coming up, Mike? Um, man, not a lot. I mean, just go. We're in. We're in the. We're in the busy part of work. So when the snow falls, I'm kind of run. I'm busy. So it's mm-hmm. busy right now. Mm-hmm. Summer's slow. Slows down quite a bit. But it's, that's a bummer for you because busy time for you, but you want to be here. Yep, exactly. In Arizona. Yeah. Also exactly. bad for me because, like, he's got so many ideas about, oh. like, how to promote, you know, one and, and all the, the yeah. brand and everything. We'll get him. Yeah. He sends me all this stuff. I'm like, dude, it's awesome. I'm in. <laughs> and then I see him, like, on the mountain shooting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well. We'll get him. We'll get yeah. him. Yeah, so it's it's good. Yeah, one, it's, one's going to be great. I mean, there's a, I mean, it's. What a seal, you know, there's there's not a lot of ceiling there with one. It's just not like, you know, baseball only. I mean, you could do a lot of things with that. It's yeah, going to be good, sure. you know. It's going to be a good program for sure. 
really good. I totally agree. Yeah. I was just telling the wife, like, well, Cody's going to have all sorts of sports playing, so the kids just go to we just do whatever go there. And then go shoot bows, go hit baseballs, go do this. That's the do. one thing that we have to do is I've had a lot of people asking about the archery stuff. Yeah. Again. Well, COVID, that's my excuse. Yeah. Well, it. I mean, it, it was a lot of it. Like, we could – and then your hunts took yeah. over and that, that we would, talked about those. And But I've had probably in the past – two or three weeks like probably 12 to 15 of those kids like hey are we are you guys still going to do the archery thing so so there was they want to do it we got the targets yeah we do have the targets that was the big thing is we didn't have a place to do it i got like uh, out at the on mcqueen like at the the land there we have we have a few targets set up we could go out there they're already set up i already set two of them up yeah because you know that way kids aren't killing people (laughs) When they launched the arrows in yeah, outer space, probably. you know. We're not shooting stuff at houses and through windows. Like, and yeah, you're not. Yeah. Why not kill the neighbor's dog? Yeah, yeah. Depends on what kind of dog and if they bark all the time. Well, you know, that's different. That's yeah, no. a different scenario, which. We've hey, got, if, we've got if you are a listener out there as a dog that barks. <laughs> if you're my neighbor and you're listening and you have two dogs that bark all the time. You should. Get a shock collar. That, that is directed at my neighbor that has two <laughs> dogs that bark all the time. I think everybody's got that. No, no, no my, not, I wouldn't call those dogs. But my my like neighbor, the dark he's bark. like he had a video on his phone. He's like, listen to this. It's our other neighbor that has his dogs up barking. He's like, I'm gonna just play this on a loudspeaker when he gets home. <laughs> Show him. <laughs> he won't hear it. <laughs> no, he's like he's gonna be in his house, like in the basement. He won't hear nothing. That's great. Just. Yeah. You don't hear your own dog, I don't think. And everybody wants you to love their dog as much as they do. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, he's so cute. Sure. Walter's not cute. I got the ballpark last night. That dog was driving me crazy. Well, yeah, I'm surprised they had dogs in this. They didn't used to. I know. So a few of them. What kind of dog was it? Like, I don't know. The best is like when you got this dog. Big mix. Growling (laughs) at everybody. And you're like. Get your dog away from me. Oh, he's sweet. Oh yeah, he's not gonna do anything to you. I'm like, bite my face off. I was at PetSmart. I had to go get some lizard food and walk down an aisle, and this dog, this owner and dog, dog starts growling at me. I'm like, I need to go down this aisle. You didn't do anything there, bud. (laughs) Yeah, like maybe that dog shouldn't be here if it's growling at people. No kidding. Like my dog's not. He's not. He's he's a touch racist. Um, <laughs> he is a touch. Is that, is that real? Yeah, my dog's racist. What is uh, that, dude? He hates landscapers. <laughs> oh my god! It's all the yeah, tools. Is that, cr- is that, is that horrible? That, it's all the tools. I don't think that's very good. Is it the? Let's say he doesn't like landscape tools. Okay, I'm sorry. He's maybe not he racist. Like, maybe he, doesn't he hates like, rakes. Yeah. Thinks maybe he doesn't like like one. the the uh, the noise. He hates of the trimmers. Oh, that's true. That might be it. Yeah. You look at things. T- yeah. yeah, I got Let's it. go with Sorry. that. So Walter is I more like of that a. I better. He's um. He hates uh, leaf blowers, <laughs> but he also <laughs> hates other dogs. I so think Walter has a. Uh, he's also deaf. Superiority complex. I think he wants to be the man. <laughs> he definitely does. Yeah. He when another dog comes, he makes sure they know. He's I'm the, the hefe. <laughs> if you got a problem with that, 
we're gonna brawl, and I'm 80 years old, so. <laughs> 80, 80 years old and can barely walk. So. Barely walk, deaf, has a tumor hanging off the side of his leg. <laughs> but yeah, he's a. Uh, so I don't bring him out. It's it's yeah. it. Walter stays in the house. Yeah, he doesn't. I used to bring him, till a lady smacked him with a cane, and then he hated old people. Uh. Every time he saw an old person, he went after him. He would sit in my office, and this lady came in, just smacked him on top of the head with a cane. And ever since then, in your office, yeah. Well, that lady wouldn't have been in my office anymore. Yeah, smacked her back. Every time an old person came in, Walter went after him. Like, hey, yeah, guess can't bring Walter to work anymore. (laughs) No thanks. Thanks, old lady that smacked him with a cane, ruined that for everybody. (laughs) So good deal. Yeah. Well, look, man, we're, I think we're right. in we're about good. the time, time frame, awesome. right? Yeah. yeah. Thanks, People guys. lose interest. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks for coming out, yeah, man. Coming BS. Yeah, coming BS. Yeah, I love it. I appreciate it, man. Here, yeah. We're going to have to do it again. Yeah, we'll do it again. We'll get you some uh, post-ski post, post uh, ski season, see how it went. And yeah, absolutely. Get you back out when Tosh is back out here in the spring. Yeah, you can uh, promote our brand. Absolutely. One performance. and Absolutely. PTG. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's yeah. That's a given. And Rally White. Rally White RV. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. What brands you, you can need some brands of your own, not other people's to promote. Dude, I've you been, had one, right? Yeah, we've You're like that. I I did that. Yeah. It's over. You know what's kinda of funny is like just the last podcast we talked about how everybody needs the experience starting a business. Yeah, they do. They do. It's good for them. Because you're probably going to fail. Yeah, you're going to fail. And that's what I, you know, that's my kids have been, I've drugged my kids through a lot of it. They, we drugged them all over Canada, all over the U.S., you know, when they were little with mm-hmm. skis. We Sacrifice, were, man. Oh, man. We drugged them everywhere. But now looking back, that was fun. It was fun. They get you to know, live all over. That's a cool story, man. Like That's what we, we they love. That's it. a really cool story that was... I mean, you're successful. That was a successful business. That wasn't a failure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cody and I talked about this the other day. Like, I'm good at making other people money right now. <laughs> Everybody, Not myself. You know what I mean? And well, you learned okay. so much. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's all good. That's what, I wasn't put on this earth to – I guess I wasn't put on this earth to, to clock it. Sometimes people <laughs> make – You were. Sometimes people – Just maybe a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Sometimes you make more money um, – doing what you're doing man yeah, like i know some reps that make more money than i do so yeah, that's yeah it's you know and the freedom's good i like to get in the car and drive out here thursday night or friday morning let's go right. i don't care yeah, it I seems can... like a pretty they're, they're pretty flexible with you and give you a little yeah and if you they said... weren't yeah, i'd quit <clears throat> right and that's like, the thing honestly... like you have that ability and that that freedom yeah. he Plus, sent me a picture the other day from his office it's like this is my office right i'm in the basement of, of bd and I it's made like, a little spot like that dude it's know. like it's a sweet looking spot. Skis leaned up on the wall. Oh. I was like, I'll take the black and white ones. But the other half is bring a those. Dump. Yeah, but yeah. you can't see that. Yeah. Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Instagram. It's all just glory, dude. Yeah, we use it for shooting product videos and all kinds of Insta fake. Yeah, it's, it's like big, it's yeah. got wood like wood paneled walls. It looks pretty sweet. Like some like it's the way it's set up looks awesome. Yeah. And I was like, dude, just send me those black and white ones in the corner. He goes, That's a twenty twenty one model. I was like, well, cool. I'll take Set. the 2019 model. Yeah, just. I don't even care. What's wrong with 2021? Is that a problem? They're not out yet. Oh. I can't have the new stuff. Okay. Those come out in September, next September. Oh, you already. I'm not a ski you guy. You guys are a year ahead, man. You're like three years ahead. Wow. That's yeah. good, dude. Which is good and bad. That's the, yeah, with skis, it's too far. With skis, I was going to say, far. technology can change, right? Yeah. And you got to redo the all the 
2023 stuff. And we bump heads all the time because, like, I was so mobile with our ski brand. And mm-hmm. I was like, I would wake up one day and say, we should build a ski that's like this. And we would prototype <laughs> it out, and it was fun. So we would yeah. make, like, 100 pairs and we'd sell them. You know, the big brands don't. They, they don't can't do that, that right? No, they got to run it through the chain and go through all the corporate, you know, corporate approval. Pricing. How does this work into our forecasting and our budgeting? I'm like, dude, I don't know who cares. We Doesn't matter. Do Here's the skis. Yeah. You figure the rest out. Yeah. yeah I, I promise to, they'll sell. I was talking to Jonathan Hart, and, you know, he's CEO of Zika, and Gore owns them, yeah. right? So oh, yeah. he says they're always buttonheads. Oh, yeah. Just like. I can't imagine what he de- deals with with Gore because they're. Yeah, or head butters. Yeah, because we 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 have a lot of Gore-Tex products that we work with. So I hear stories about their supply chain, and I can't imagine what it feel would be like to be under their umbrella. Really? Probably, yeah, it's probably not fun. He'd quit. I would quit. <laughs> it's it's really. I quit. Yeah, big, uh, you big know, honestly, I, I just quit. I'm, I'm terrible like so, that, and that's probably another reason why I've never made money is because I just I, I value. I, I want to hang out with my kids. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's that's not a bad thing. Like, I want to hang out with the kids. There's quality of life factor. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, you know, if I, yeah, probably not the probably not the smartest idea from a financial standpoint. But it's you know, you look well, back and you're like, before you know it, they're grown and gone. There's money. There's family. There's like, I mean, and there's a balance, right? Yeah, they're grown and gone quick. Yeah, you know? when they're little, you Boy, try to make some money. So later, when they're older, you can yeah. hang out with them. You know, I don't know. Like That's the different. mentality, but I, I I almost wonder if it's backwards. <laughs> you know, I mean, for some people it works the traditional way, but for me, I'm like, yeah, when they're grown and gone, I'll jump in and make, make get, the real get, money. Yeah, I'll go work hard for ten years or eight years or. Well, you kind of really, you were really grinding oh, when they're young. Yeah, we were grinding, and they didn't really even realize it because they thought it was fun. Yeah, you know, so we drug them all over the place, like I said, and. Hey, we got to go to Colorado this week, Montana this week, California this week, Banff this Sweet, week, Whistler this week. We went to cool places. Yeah. So for them, they were like, oh, we got to go to Whistler? I'm like, every, yeah, we're in Whistler every three months. We drive <laughs> up there because I have so many kids. Everyone yeah. used to tease me. They're like, dude, why don't you ever fly anywhere? I'm like, because I have kids. Too many kids. Can't You're fly. In a caravan anywhere. up there. Yeah, what are you talking about? And I have to bring 20 pairs of skis with me, too. Yeah. You know? So anyway, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's well, a really cool story. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank you for sharing it. Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Let's plan on getting you back on here in the spring sometime yeah. after ski season. Oh, dude, like some mountain bikes, and we'll. Sorry, no, go. I totally. What do you got? It's totally opposite. I just remembered, like I was thinking about our tech review, but he should review something. He should tell us something. We usually do like we, we or we started out doing like a product review at the oh, end, cool. just kind of like promoting a product or or something that we've used. Is there anything off the top of your head that? Oh man, from baseball standpoint, doesn't matter anything. Or, or we've done Sitka, we've done bows, we've done uh, binos, we've done huh. just whatever. Yeah. Well, maybe something this weekend could, used, or it could be anything. It nah, doesn't man. matter. You know, one thing that's going crazy this year, like I like like. Like we've all, you and I were talking about when we were walking in and is with COVID this year and all the ski resort closures and restrictions <coughs> that are happening. I mean, you have to call like Alta's crazy. You have to call and make a reservation to go ski mm-hmm. for the day. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to be there from, you know, one o'clock to four o'clock. Can I have a parking spot? And they put you down. It's like a mm-hmm. restaurant reservation. So anyway, 
with all those restrictions happening, there's a lot of skiers and snowboarders that are all of a sudden thinking that they're backcountry skiers. They're going to go off into the backcountry. In the backcountry, we all know what that is, right? There's no avalanche control. It's the Wild West. You're on your own, right? You climb, you go climb a mountain, you ski down it or snowboard down it. So you're on your own and you're putting yourself in harm's way. And uh, what's happening now is people are, are, are getting into backcountry skiing with zero um, experience with avalanche, you know, any, any avalanche experience at all. Um, like reading snowpack and, and, and all the, you know, route finding and all those different types of things that you need to, to travel safe in the backcountry. And so one thing Black Diamond makes, it's really cool. I'm sure you guys have seen the airbags, right? You've seen the airbags? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's really cool. So we're, we're really glad that we have those this year and they're blowing up, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, they're going to save lives because there's going to be fatalities this year all over the place. We had two in Colorado yesterday. Two guys got killed snowmobiling and they had airbags on. Really? And they Air deployed bag. they deployed the airbag and it still killed them and a lot of times they'll get killed from trauma not suffocation mm-hmm. so like um, from the they were actually getting yep. hit by or, or swept into a, you know trees a trees, trees yeah. or rocks yeah. or yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of times that'll happen a lot of times you'll get you know even the smallest avalanche can sweep you off your feet dump you into a forest it's like a washing machine of trees and yeah. it's, you're you're done you're not living through that. Um, but anyway, but from a, from a product standpoint, yeah, we've got the really cool airbags. we got some new stuff this year that in years past, if you wanted to test your airbag or practice with your airbag, you'd have to deploy it, and then the canister would explode, and you have to spend 50 bucks to get a new Generally. canister. So now we've got, we have the Jet Force Pro, which is pretty cool. It's all battery-powered, so you can do unlimited practice deployments. You can fly with it on a plane. Um, it's pretty sweet. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. But I mean, you know, like twelve hundred bucks, twelve, thirteen hundred bucks. So it's an investment. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's people are like, oh, I want an avalanche transceiver, I want an avalanche beacon, but they're five hundred bucks, and you're like, dude. So it's it's you know, you're gonna die if you don't have that stuff. So, right, yeah. Yeah. but the airbags are really cool this year. It's a pretty cool thing to see people investing, and in. I think people are realizing, hey, you know, not you know, not just having the equipment. You know, you can have all the coolest equipment you want, but if you don't know how to use it and practice often, it's useless. Yeah. Right, like the airbag. That's what makes the airbag. You could be standing on top of a big mountain that you just spent six hours climbing. You look down, the snow's perfect. You get all psyched. You get ready to go, and you don't know if your airbag is working because you haven't tested it. Because you don't want to spend the fifty bucks on the new canister. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean. So what's cool about these new Jet Force Pros? You can be in your your living room before you leave for the day and deploy it, test it out, make sure it's working, go ski. That's cool. So it's pretty cool. But you know, like. It costs a little bit of money, but it's it's worth it. If you want to live, if you want to live, twelve hundred bucks is cheap. Uh, twelve hundred bucks, fourteen hundred, twelve to fourteen hundred bucks. How much is your deductible to hospital? <laughs> That's a good question. Or how you much know? is a casket? Yeah, All right. You know. That's more expensive. Yeah. How much is a yeah. casket in a funeral? Well, and leaving your family. Yeah. So. So if yeah. you're gonna ski backcountry. Yeah, if you're gonna in the snow. Yeah. Check out Black Diamond, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's, you know, check out the Black Diamond stuff. We're, we're one of the, I'm biased because I work there, but we really are. We're a heritage brand, been in the game since 1957, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Diamond was actually founded by Yvonne Chouinard, who, st- who owns Patagonia. Nobody really knows that. Not a lot of people know that. Um, he bankrupted it. And then uh, the, all the employees at Black Diamond at the time went in and bought it together. It's pretty cool how it went down it's a pretty cool story but yeah um you know like i said i'll just echo that you know having you know it's more than just having the equipment you gotta Mm -hmm. know how to use it and practice often shovels probes beacons packs have a rescue plan in place all those things travel with good partners 
choose your mm-hmm. partners wisely. You know, it's like baseball. It's like surrounding yourself with, you know, if you want to be a, if you want to be a dude in baseball, surround yourself with the dudes. Same thing it's with like everything. It's like everything in life. Good people. It, it's yeah. A, yeah, surround yourself with good people. Same thing with you know traveling in the backcountry in the wintertime. Surround yourself with good partners and get, have your back and mm-hmm. you know. So that's sweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it, man. Thanks for coming out, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's fun. Thanks, brother. We'll see you tonight. Like, I just oh, like see you this afternoon, here. right? Yeah. yeah. I got a baseball game later on. We got games. Play at one. Yeah, we're at one. I got church. He's got to go. You probably got to go pick him up and take him to church? the field to get some hitting in. We got the uh, Church of Baseball today. Church of, ba- God's church of Baseball. Of, yep. Hey, man, no better way. Yep. Out and no, smelling the grass. That. I don't know Perfect. about that, but it's a good way. Yeah. <laughs> Can be. <laughs> Can good, be. There's good days and we'll bad. See. Yeah. We'll see how it goes Same today. with church, though. Hey, there's good, good days and bad days. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, Snipe. Thanks, thanks for man. coming out, man. Yeah, thank you. It's fun. Check out Rowley White. Check out one performance. And then uh, we will talk to you soon. Talk to you guys. Thanks for listening. All right, we'll see you.